Welcome to the Fiscal Physical Podcast. Join us each week as we sit down with the founder of Alchemy Wealth Management and author of Your Fiscal Physical, Ryan Nelson. Tune in to gain valuable insights and practical tips as we simplify complex financial concepts into digestible lessons. From budgeting to retirement planning, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering financial literacy. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Your Fiscal Physical Podcast. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by uh, uh, Ryan Nelson, founder of Alchemy Wealth Management, uh, popular-selling author of Your Fiscal Physical, Seven Keys to Becoming Financially Fit. Find that on Amazon. And uh, we want to thank all the listeners. We are into, uh, this will be episode four, I believe, that we're recording here. So, uh, um, you know, thanks for being here, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always a, always a pleasure. Yeah, without a doubt, and we, uh, um, you know, we're looking looking forward to getting into this week's topic of uh, what is a bond. And uh, I am very excited for this topic. When we were kind of outlining these, I was like, you know, this is a great question. This is uh, something I'm pretty naive as far as what a bond actually is. I feel pretty good about what a stock is, uh, but so I'm excited to kind of have you, you know, share that with the listeners to kind of break down what a bond is and kind of you know uh, peel back that you know, enigma of what might, what, what it is and what it isn't and uh, how it can be, you know, a part of your financial future or financial planning just in general here. Yeah, let's do it. So back on uh, episode two, we discussed what a stock was. And in that episode, I mentioned there's three main types of investment classes for retirement planning. There's cash, bonds, and stock. So we described what the stock was. Today, we'll describe what the bond is. And really, I think you could argue there's a fourth asset class there, and that uh, that that fourth class would we'll, we'll t- we can touch on that in a in a future in a future episode. But um, really, the three main classes that that most people refer to are going to be um, cash, bonds, and stock. So a bond, if you kind of think of that hierarchy, stocks were at the top of the hierarchy, and so the stocks are going to be uh, higher risk, higher expected returns. Bonds are going to be in the middle of this hierarchy. So kind of middle of the road risk, middle of the road expected returns. And so the way a bond actually functions in the stock example, we said you actually give your money up to somebody, you give it to somebody else and they, in return, you get ownership of a company, right? A bond operates a little bit differently. A bond, you actually lend your money. So if you were to lend your $1,000 out to a company or institution. So maybe you lend your $1,000 to the US government. The US government is going to do something with that $1,000 and they're going to effectively pay you interest for that thousand for allowing them to borrow that $1,000. And then at the end of whatever the term is, they're going to pay you the $1,000 back. So a common example, maybe you give, you know, these numbers are just arbitrary and I like round numbers. So these don't actually, uh, these numbers don't make a ton of sense, but it'll help illustrate the point. Mm -hmm. So maybe you give your $1,000 to the US government. They say, awesome. Thank you. We're going to give you $100 a year, which that's way higher. They'll never give you $100 sure. <laughs> a year. But they give you you know, $100 a year, say for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, they say, thank you, Aaron, for letting us use your $1,000. Here's your $1,000 back. So the nice thing about a bond is it's a structured note. So you know when you're going into it, you know how much they're going to pay you, when they're going to pay you, and when you get your principal or your initial investment back. So that's all really nice. Um, the, the catch is because it's so structured and you know exactly what you're going to be getting, um, they can afford to sort of pay you less than what you might be able to get from a stock. So again, if you're thinking about the U.S. government, um, 
you know, and they're trying to decide, okay, how much, how much interest do we essentially have to offer to people to, for that, to basically, you know, more or less convince them to let us use their money, to, right. to lend us their money. Um, it's a pretty secure investment. A lot of people will say the U.S. government is the most secure investment in the world. It's backed by the U.S. taxpayer. So effectively what that means, if they struggle to make their payments, they have the power to raise our taxes. So, so anytime you lend money to the U.S. government, it's backed by us, the U.S. taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a pretty secure investment. And so what that means is a high degree of likelihood you're going to get those annual payments you were kind of, I'll put in air quotes, promised. And then it's a high degree of likelihood you're going to get your $1,000, that original principal back at the end, right? And so they probably don't have to offer you that much money on an annual basis for to, you know, to kind of convince you to to engage in that investment or 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 buy that bond, which would be you lending that money to them. So again, high level of bond, mm-hmm. um, you're actually lending your money to somebody else they're paying you interest over a, a fixed amount of time, and then they're returning the principal back to you at the end of that fixed amount of time. Yeah, then that's that's really good to kind of kind of break it down like that, and it kind of answers this the next question that I had as far as why would someone invest in bonds, and it. it the big one that I feel you just hit on is it's backed by the U.S. government. The, yeah. the security of it, if you will, is pretty high as far as a bond goes. Yeah. Well. The, yeah. Great. So let's let's touch on that. So so the so the U.S. government is one place you could buy a bond. Oh, from, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But there's lots of difference. So um, the, you know, I know the last couple of weeks we've been using Apple computers as an example of what happens if you buy an Apple computer stock, right? Well, Apple Computers could also choose to issue bonds. So if Apple Computers wants to to raise some funds, right, they could issue Apple Computer bonds, in which case I could lend my $1,000 to Apple Computers. They would pay me a fixed interest rate back. And again, say maybe it's for 10 years, they'd pay me a fixed amount back for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, they'd return my $1,000 to me. Now, um, if we think about that, you know, who am who you know like if i'm going to give my money to maybe the us government or to apple computers which one do i have more con- in fact which one would you have more conviction will be here 10 years from now the us government i don't think I, the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I you know knock on wood none of us know right right um but i think most people are in your same boat that most people believe the us government's going to be here 10 years from now most people probably think apple computers will be here 10 years from now too but it's a less like you know i can imagine a world in which it's not and so if you were lending your money to to either one if they were both offering you the same interest rate you'd say i'll go with the us government sure. right so nobody would ever buy an apple computer's bond and so what that means is it in order for apple computers to sort of incentivize you to maybe buy give lend your money to them instead they have to pay a higher interest rate um, and then if we were to even go further down this, um, you know, there could be an even smaller company. Maybe, again, uh, we used an example earlier in a previous episode of a biotech company. If a biotech company was raising funds and you're like, man, I have no idea if you're going to be yeah. here in 10 years, <laughs> right. then you'd be pretty hesitant to lend your money to them. But if they were to offer you a high enough yield, you may say, okay, I'll take that risk. I'll give you my $1,000 and you're paying a high enough amount that I'll take that risk that maybe you're not here in 10 years, right? Um, so, so when you look at bonds, it's not just in government and uh, any company effectively can issue a bond. Uh, those would be what we refer to as corporate bonds. So there's corporate bonds and there's government bonds, government bond, you know, government bonds would be from the government. Corporate bonds would be from corporations. Sure. Um, so there's government and corporate bonds. Um, and you know, if, especially if you look at corporate bonds, there's a wide range of different companies from low risk to high risk. And so bonds can vary drastically in the amount of risk you're taking. 
therefore they vary drastically in how much they're willing to pay as well. Um, so it's not just a fixed amount, like bonds aren't just a fixed amount. All bonds pay the same. Really, all bonds are going to pay a little bit differently depending on the company issuing the bond, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And th- and one thing we want to make sure we let the listeners know and anybody out there is we're not endorsing Apple computers specifically. It's just a very, it's a very common, everybody knows about Apple. Yeah. Everyone either has a, has heard of the iPhone or the, the MacBook, whatever it might be. So we're, we're not sponsored by them and we're not endorsing like buying them and them as a company specifically, but they're, they're just an easy example to use overall. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we don't. We're 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 just using all these companies as just examples, not not uh, any recommendations for any buys or sells or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, not to say that I didn't just go out and buy thousands of shares <laughs> of Apple because you know it's been brought up on this podcast so much. I mean, I don't know if that's a good or bad uh, idea, but maybe talk to your financial advisor about that before you do anything like that. So. Um, one other term that gets thrown around with bonds, and I'd love to have it broken down, is, is maturity date. Mm-hmm. What is what is the maturity date for a bond, and, and how does that kind of apply to, or differ, I suppose, as far as what that means? Yeah, so so the maturity date is the date at which the effectively the contract ends and when, when the company or the government would return your original principal. So in those examples I was mentioning where if I lend, you know, if I, if I bought a 10-year bond, um, and I lended my money out, uh, you know, my thousand bucks for um, ten years. The maturity date would be ten years from now, so maybe January first or Jan, you know, whatever, January thirtieth of twenty, what is whatever that is, twenty forty three, twenty forty four, right? Oh, um, and so the maturity date would be that date at which this the, kind of this contract ends. And then if I if it was a U.S. government bond, is when the U.S. government would give me my thousand dollars back. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, you, you can kind of think of it as like, as you know, people talk about being mature or this is when I become of, come of age, mm-hmm. if you will, you can kind of, it, yeah. kind of similar to uh, that in regards to a bond, like, Hey, cool. Yeah. This is when it's, you're going to get it, get your money back. Yeah. That'd be, a, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a good way of committing its memory for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great, Ryan. I appreciate you, you know, kind of sharing that information on what a what a bond is. And hopefully everybody will, when they see that in their portfolio or whatever it might be, or someone talks about on the news, like, oh, these these certain bonds, like now you kind of have an idea behind that, behind yeah. that curtain. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be right back with some, uh, um, some personal stuff to discuss as far as bonds go. Um, uh, hang tight. And now to put the personal in personal finance. All right, Ryan. So I, I got another story here for you, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Um, as far yeah, as here, <laughs> when it re- when it revolves around bonds specifically. So, growing up, my my grandma, we called her Granny, um, used to for our birthdays and Christmas give us savings bonds. And as a eight, nine, ten year old, um, <laughs> being handed a what was a fifty dollar like fifty dollar bond, being like, hey, this is a, this is a fifty dollar bond, and I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I have right, $50 right. in my hands. And her being like, actually, uh, no, no, you, you can't spend that now. You have to wait until it matures. And me being like, well, thanks for nothing then. Like, right. I can't go out and buy this, you know, candy or this toy that I want with this here. And I, I think that it's a, a way of kind of looking at like savings bonds overall that um, was eye opening to me to be like, hey, like, what is the value of these specifically? Right. Um, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, and you know that was probably probably a blessing uh, and, and a lesson a lesson in savings probably yeah. that your that your grandma was trying to pass on. Um, but so yeah, you know once you buy that bond, 
it, it's not necessarily liquid anymore. So you couldn't use that $50 to go buy, you know, a, a, a video game or a toy you wanted. Right. Um, but the good thing about it is 10 years later, whatever duration this particular bond was 10 years later, maybe instead of having $50, you now have a hundred dollars. Right. Right. And so the cool thing about that would be, um, if you have the patience, right. Sure. Maybe let's just say, um, let's, let's say you wanted to buy a toy, um, that was worth 10, that cost $10. Well, when your grandma originally gifted you that savings bond, you could have, if she just gave you 50 bucks, you could have bought five toys. Sure. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been awesome. Right. But by her gifting you a savings bond, maybe 10 years later, that $50 grew into a hundred. Okay. But over that same period of time that I bet you that cost of the toy got a little bit more expensive as well. Right. Mm -hmm. That's inflation. And so 10 years later, you might have a hundred dollars now, but the cost of the toy has gone up. So it used to cost 10, maybe it costs $11 now, but guess what? You now have a hundred dollars the toy costs $11. You could now buy nine of those toys, right? So it's a, it, it's a lesson in investing, uh, being patient, compounding interest. And so having, you know, originally if your grandma would have given you that toy again on day or the money on day one, you could have bought five toys by investing and having a longer term approach. Even after inflation, maybe you could afford nine toys mm-hmm. when it matured, right? And I think that's just a good analogy too, just for retirement planning. It's the same concept. You know, if you put money away 30, 40 years, um, um, yeah, it sucks. You're not going to the football game this year. You're not buying the new car this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have you start accumulating wealth at a faster rate than inflation is growing at, and you can actually accomplish more with your wealth over your lifetime. So, yeah. Well, that yeah. actually paints it in a way that I mean, eight year old me still wouldn't have understood that. Like, yeah, you know, he yeah, wanted yeah. the toy, he wanted his rock'em sock'em robot. But yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but now me being 33, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, that makes it. You know, I think about like. Time is just going by so fast these days. Oh, yeah. So, like, people talk about, you know, 60. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm over halfway there. So, yeah. like, I it, it makes more sense to me to kind of be like, cool, I can let this mature and wait on this. Right. I don't need to specifically do this right now because I don't want to be working when I'm 62. Yeah. Like, your, your hairline <laughs> indicates you're, like, three-quarters of the way there. Yeah, some might say, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right there, <laughs> close to death. <laughs> uh, I do have a trivia question here for you, Let's Ryan. Hear it. So, um, and this was came from the internet, and I just googled it. So you know, trust that. Take that was what it's worth. But sure, um, let's have a little fun it, with it. Yeah. In what year was the first U.S. Treasury bond issued? Ooh, that's tough. I I literally have zero idea. So let's say um, the first U.S. Treasury bond. I'll say nineteen thirty-two. Ooh, pretty close. 1917. Oh, 1917. Actually. They were actually they were called Liberty Bonds, and they were used to fund a U.S. involvement in World War One. Oh, interesting. Is what they were. Okay. So I, I, cool. I'm you glad didn't, you didn't happen to see how much they raised, did you? I didn't actually. No, that was probably enough to go overseas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it was. It's kind of cool. I was like, oh, you know, to think about like that. You know, you can kind of call something a liberty bond and people, everybody wanted to buy it like, yeah. to support the country. And you're like, all right, well, you're just loaning them money. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that's awesome. In a way. But um, awesome. Well, that kind of wraps up our uh, our discussion on on bonds here. We want to really thank the listeners for um, checking it out. Um, please leave feedback. Like I said, send us the email at uh, uh, podcast at alchemywealth.com. And uh, uh, I'm excited to kind of bring these these future invest- or future conversations as far as your, your personal questions and, and kind of break those down for you. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. Always always enjoy, and as always, stay the course. Thank-
thank you for joining us for the Fiscal Physical Podcast. Until next time, happy listening, and as always, stay the course. If you have a question or topic suggestions, please email us at podcast at alchemywealth.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode, and consider leaving us a rating and review on your favorite platform. This helps other listeners like you find the show. For more resources, you can visit Alchemy Wealth Management's website at www.alchemywealth.com or find your Fiscal Physical, the book on Amazon. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that personal finance is just that, personal. Please don't take anything we say as advice. The preceding content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not an offer or a solicitation, nor should it be construed or relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice. It doesn't consider your personal financial situation or objectives and may not be suitable for you.